Got big news on North Korea coming up. President Trump has expelled 60 Russian diplomats. We'll explain what that all means coming up as well. What happened to collusion? I thought Putin has all sorts of dirt on President Trump. Happy Monday. Former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum is being made fun of by the media. They love, the media loves to torture poor Rick Santorum. He made these comments about these kids who have been rallying around the country in favor of gun control. Rick Santorum said, instead of rallying and protesting in favor of gun control, why don't these kids learn CPR, take a CPR course? Why don't they do something that they actually have control over instead of asking for new gun legislation, which is out of their hands? And the, the media, there are doctors who are tweeting against Rick Santorum. They're horrified and outraged. He doesn't know what he's talking about. If there's a shooting, if there's a massacre, if kids are gunned down, CPR is not going to help. It's unconscionable. How can Santorum say something so silly and foolish and out of touch? Folks, here's what Rick Santorum meant. The media they, they, they misconstrue it deliberately because they like to make Republicans look like cavemen. But And they've done this to him before, Santorum. Here's what he meant, very simple, very clear from the context. Santorum was saying that they're going and protesting gun control legislation and they're going and rallying and doing all of that. That's very easy, but it's ineffective. Why don't they instead do something that takes a little effort on their part and that they have control over and it'll be far more effective? He learned CPR was one example. If somebody learned CPR, then in certain cases, maybe not every shooting victim who's bleeding will, be, will benefit from CPR. There are situations where it can help them, but he's saying learn CPR and save lives. That way, if these people are interested, so interested in saving lives, shootings don't happen very often. People need CPR at least as often, maybe more often. Things happen. Who knows? You know, situations arise. And it doesn't have to be just CPR. That was just an example. You know, learn first aid. Go and become a volunteer paramedic. Become a lifeguard. He was trying to say that it's easy to protest and it's easy to yell and scream about Congress and about laws that should be passed. It's actually much harder to go and work, put in the effort, take months of your life and learn how to really help people yourself instead of blaming Congress, blaming the politicians and blaming the other guy and never actually taking responsibility. That was clearly the context, clearly what he was trying to say, his intent. And he's 100% right. Let's go and protest. That's always the answer. Let's rally. Oh, very nice. Let's give speeches. We don't know what we're talking about. Asking for gun control. They don't even know what assault rifles mean, what the definition is. And yet there are so many ways that they could be helping people around them. Charity, you know, uh, organizations, volunteering, etc. They don't bother to do any of that stuff because that would take effort that would invest a lot of time years of their lives hello everybody let's go on a rally protest oh then we go home party forget all about it and our conscience is cleared we've done what we could we helped society give me a break that's what santora meant but the media of course totally taking out of context now the context now some of you have reached out saying Come on, these kids, they're being brainwashed. They're being exploited and used by the media, by the Democrats to just push their agenda. And I agree with you 100%. I agree with you that the media is just using a shoot, any kind of mass shooting, using these kids' emotions to try to make a score political points and try to get their agenda through. They, they want gun control. They, when the shooting happens, the media and the Democrats, they think, all right, this is another, you know, checkbox. They have a checklist. Okay, this is going to help us uh, push our gun control agenda forward. This is going to help us uh, brainwash the country and persuade the country to do something unconstitutional because now we have leverage. It's it, it's really it's really outrageous that they 
take advantage and exploit these tragedies to try to push their own political agenda. That's clear. And now they have these kids, they're doing the same thing. And I get that and I agree. I think the kids are sincere. I think, you know, a lot of the kids, by the way, a lot of the kids are saying we don't need more gun control and, and people should have Second Amendment rights from this, this Parkland, Parkland survivors from the school shooting. But there's no question that these kids are impressionable and they're being uh, exploited 100%. My my point is I can't help but like the fact that these kids are at least engaged in politics, that they're at least you know getting involved. They could just be watching movies on their phones, playing video games, eating pizza, just completely ignoring what's going on in the world around them. So the fact that you have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of kids all around the country, getting involved, getting engaged, that's a good sign. Now, yeah, we have to, it's our responsibility, we have to convince them, we have to persuade them, we have to show them logic, teach them about the Constitution, teach them what an assault rifle really is and how hypocritical and bogus the politicians are who are trying to push their agenda on these poor kids. Agreed. But, you know, again, I can't help but at least appreciate the fact that they're involved in some way and they're at least having the conversation which gives us a chance then to go and show them the light and pull them out of the dark side all right follow us on twitter at the politics zone so it's at the politics zone t-h-e-p-o-l-i-t-i-c-s zone z-o-n-e now you can text 40404 and what you're texting is follow the politics zone okay follow the politics zone text it to 40404 and you will get updates throughout the day people are loving the updates you know we only give you the top political highlights so we don't bombard you but you're in the know uh, all right, we've expelled 60 Russians. This is in retaliation. A bunch of NATO countries now uh, have gotten together to expel Russian diplomats from their countries. Diplomats. These are Russian spies, folks, for the most part. And we have spies on their turf. They have spies on our turf. That's understood. This is in response, of course, uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians uh, poisoned a, a former spy in England and his daughter. They are both in critical condition. They used a Soviet, very dangerous Soviet nerve agent, nerve gas, to poison the, the father and the daughter who are now in critical condition. And this is sending a message. Now, this is Soviet Union Cold War type of stuff here, this back and forth with the poisoning of the spies. The Russians do this a lot, but the uh, the United States, United Kingdom, and other countries are sending a very strong message, message to Putin. You cannot be bringing nerve gas and other you know dangerous chemical weapons to our countries, period. This is totally unacceptable because Putin's basically testing us, testing the United Kingdom, testing the United States, and seeing how far he can go. And if, if they let him get away with this, then he could carry out other attacks. You know, again, he's not going to do it overtly. He's not ISIS. He doesn't claim that he's doing it. But wink, wink, everybody knows Putin's doing it. He's a very dangerous guy. So the United States, in response, is uh, expelling 60 Russian diplomats. And they're also closing the Russian consulate in Seattle. So this sends a very strong message. Now, Putin has said that he's going to respond. They actually, the Russians put out on Twitter, they put out a poll asking which U.S. consulate in Russia they should close down. So they're not going to take this sitting down, it seems. And that's certainly a concern, certainly frightening, because we don't want this to escalate out of control. At the same time, I think that the United States has to send this message and has to have zero tolerance for this sort of attack on foreign soil, meaning on uh, England, British soil, because again, the United States is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from that. Now, what happened to collusion? I, you know, I get told by people that Putin has all sorts of dirt on President Trump. President Trump had all sorts of shady business deals, and Putin 
has him in his back pocket, and that's why Trump that's why Trump colluded with Putin, although we've never seen a shred of evidence of that. And that's why you never hear Trump uh, criticizing Vladimir Putin the way he criticizes the Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and others. So why is that? Because he's got all this dirt. Well, then why is Trump expelling 60 Russians and closing a Russian consulate? Why would he do that when Putin's basically about to blackmail him? Explain that to me. All right, very big news out of North Korea and South Korea here. North Korea, Kim Jong-un, has taken a train to China, to Beijing. It seems that he's meeting with President Xi of China. This is, this is Why is this a big deal? This is a huge deal. This is the first time that he has left uh, North Korea, North Korean soil, since he became uh, the leader, since he became the head of North Korea back in 2011, first time he's left. He's a paranoid guy. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't travel. And... Why is he doing this now? There's almost no question he's doing this because China, because of President Trump. He's doing this because anytime you see something that hasn't happened in many, many years, it's because of President Trump. We've seen this so many times. The guy, he, he, he's, he's a doer. And he's gotten so many other countries now uh, basically threatened and intimidated by him. And here's the case in point. President Trump, of course, a couple of weeks ago announces he's going to meet with Kim Jong-un. He's put tremendous sanctions on, on Kim Jong-un. He calls him the rocket man. And he's threatened Kim Jong-un. He's taken a very hard line, extremely threatening fire and fury, uh, unlike, a, uh, unlike his predecessor, Barack Obama, who basically treated Kim Jong-un with kid, glo kid gloves, just ignored that situation, which is as dangerous as it is. Obama just didn't care. I'm not getting involved. So President Trump has taken the gloves off, has been very, very uh, strong against Kim Jong-un, as we know. And Kim Jong-un responded by saying, I want to talk. I want to suspend. I want to suspend my nuclear program. Never heard that under Obama. Now, what happened then? So China doesn't want to miss out on the party, and this is very interesting, folks, China has put a ton of pressure on North Korea in the past year. That Right after President Trump met with President Xi down in Florida, and he, remember, he shot those missiles against Syria while he was meeting with the Chinese president. No coincidence, folks. It's all strategic. China is actually frightened by President Trump. They don't know what he's going to do. And if, if President Trump and Kim Jong-un... Uh, sit and meet and talk and China's not involved, then that, that that puts them in an extremely weak position. China and, Nor and North Korea have a strong diplomatic relationship. So President Trump pressures China to pressure North Korea to stop their nuclear program. And China spoke out publicly and China was involved in the sanctions. China voted in favor of the sanctions first time ever. This is all Trump's doing, folks, you see. And China now, they, they're afraid of President Trump. They're intimidated. And now we with the tariffs and everything else. So China respects Trump a lot. That's why they put this pressure on North Korea. And that actually caused a rift between North Korea and China. It's all documented. There's a big rift between China and North Korea. Now North Korea turns around and says, you know what? Rocket Man says, I want to meet with President Trump. And China's like, wait a second. We're going to get left out here. North Korea is angry at us. They're meeting with President Trump. What's going on? So they have this meeting now preempting Trump and Kim Jong-un. This is not a bad thing, by the way. This is a good thing. It means, you know, hopefully, who knows? This whole, whole situation's a mess thanks to Obama, but this could very well end positively. But that's the deeper story here that nobody's talking about that's going on. Very big deal. Now, you know, people get annoyed. President Trump, he's a hothead. He's hard to deal with. People quit from his cabinet. He fires people. Look, say what you will. All my have, I, 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 and I can understand the concern. But being a hothead, here's what happens when you're a hothead: it, you threaten uh, to do things to, to other countries that they have coming. You know, you threaten to be strong and tough on other countries, on your enemies, and your enemies end up respecting you. We've seen this story 
numerous times, you know, the, the media gets all nervous when Trump threatens foreign leaders. And it's like, that's what a president is supposed to do. He's supposed to keep them on edge. He's supposed to intimidate them. We're the United States. We're not some weak country. We're, we're, we're a strong country, and we've got to act that way, and that hasn't happened in many, many years. And you see these other countries responding. So to me, the big positive of President Trump being a hothead and shooting his mouth off and not being afraid to, to say what's on his mind is that he's earned the respect of these of these enemies, of these of these dangerous countries. And that, folks, to me, is a very, very positive thing. Now, similarly, South Korea has cut a deal. They want to get out of the steel tariff. So South Korea is now going to reduce their ex steel exports to the United States. It's just broke. Uh, by 30%, 30% less deal coming to the United States, which is exact, and in return, they're going to be exempt from the tariffs. That's exactly what the president wanted, the outcome that he's wanted, because that means there's going to be less competition for the American steel companies. So President Trump, this is making America great again. This is exactly well, what about a trade war. There's going to be a problem. They're going to, and now there's negotiations with China too, by the way. We'll see where that goes, but the market has stabilized because the market's not as afraid of a trade war. Oh, well, we can't raise tariffs. That's going to be a disaster. Well, actually, President Trump just benefited the United States steel companies and did not harm us yet. We'll see. But, you know, he, he's going to have so many exemptions from the steel tariffs that we may not see prices going up, which everybody was afraid of. And certainly we're not seeing any trade war. So just amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, another silver lining from the omnibus spending package. Uh, $705 million was approved uh, to, to go to Israel, to help Israel, mostly to help Israel with military funding. Uh, Defense Minister Victor Lieberman praised the United States for $705 million. I think that's up $150 million or something like that from last year. And Victor Lieberman said, quote, I thank our great friend, the United States, which has invested $6.5 billion to defend the skies of the state of Israel. We are grateful for the assistance and uncompromising commitment of the administration and Congress to Israel's security. And tomorrow, he's going to meet with a delegation of Democrat Congress people uh, led by Nancy Pelosi. He said, quote, they're headed by Israel's friend Nancy Pelosi. I'll thank them personally. Now, the Democrats, like I said, Nancy Pelosi is leading about 10 Democrats to Israel and Jordan, other places in the Middle East. Nancy Pelosi, look, the Democrats are a friend of Israel. The Israel lobby is very strong, and that's a big positive. And a lot of this money is going to help with the Iron Dome and help with Israel improve their missile defense. There's a big story where the Iron Dome, it seems, was mistakenly set off, not by missiles, but by gunfighting uh, from, there, there were guns, machine gun fire uh, from Gaza into Israel, and that set off the Iron Dome, which was a mistake, it seems, because they're only supposed to respond to missiles, not to gunfight, not to gunfire. So, uh, bottom line, the Democrats uh, and the Republicans, Israel has always gotten bipartisan support and a lot of funding, and when you have a package, spending package this big, you certainly want the money to go to good uh, destinations uh, like Israel's missile defense. Now, make no mistake, this money benefits the United States also because uh, Israeli technology, the Israelis and, and, and the Americans share their military technology, and the Israelis have come up with all sorts of incredible technology, which uh, the United States has benefited from, so uh, they benefit. You know, now, if you, if you ask me, well, is it worth it? Is it worth it for us to spend $1.3 trillion and get more into debt to be able to give Israel $705 million there's no one. No one can answer that question. I, my answer to that is, why can't we spend the money? You know, they have money going to Libya. I mean, they have money going to all sorts of places. Uh, without the Taylor Force Act, there'd be money going to the Palestinians like there have been all these years. And there's a ton of money that we waste. So to me, it's not all or nothing. You could spend the money where we should be spending the money. But if the United States got nothing, the United States is Israel's friend and ally, and they benefit. When Israel's safer, 
the United States benefits too. So to me, that money, you know, I, I don't know what I would say. Obviously, I want the money going to Israel, but let's say it didn't help the United States in any way. Should the United States be spending that kind of money? These are very tricky questions, and we there's no question that we waste way too much money that we, that we just don't have. We were literally borrowing, mortgaging our kids' future. So there's no easy answer, but let's just, I guess, not look a gift horse in the mouth. The bottom line is Israel gets $705 million out of this deal. So that is a positive we mentioned in addition to some other positives of the omnibus spending package. Uh, all right, that's going to slam the lid on things for today. We thank you all for joining us again, and we will see you next time.